now listening to the Agents of Change podcast, a podcast about the creators, entrepreneurs, and people shaping Canada. On this show, we'll speak with changemakers from underrepresented communities who are moving this country forward. They're bold and inspiring, and you absolutely need to know about them. I'm your host, Winnie Bernard, and this podcast is brought to you by Double Shot. Double Shot is a globally inclusive talent and influencer management agency for diversifying your marketing and leveling up your brand. Priya Chopra is a force to be reckoned with. Priya is the president and founder of One Mail Two Sugars, named in 2020 as one of Canada's fastest growing companies by the growth list produced by McLean's Magazine and Canadian Business, and Double Shot, a new globally inclusive talent and influencer agency. Priya is one of the hardest working entrepreneurs I know. Under her strong leadership and vision, One Milk to Sugars has grown into one of the country's most successful PR and marketing agencies with offices in both Montreal, Toronto, and clients in New York and LA. Priya is a mom, a wife, a visionary, a philanthropist, and someone I consider not only a friend, but also a mentor. Grab a cup of coffee, tea, or hot cocoa, and get to know the incredible Priya Chopra. Priya, I'm so excited to speak to you today. I've known you for a long time, and I've always wanted to sit down and have this conversation with you. What we're really trying to do here is to inspire and motivate people and to remind people that everyone has a story to tell. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Always. Anything for you. I know that you were born in Canada and your parents were both highly educated professionals who came from India to Canada for a better life. Mm -hmm. Your dad was an engineer and your mom was a lawyer and when they got here, they could not find work in their field of expertise. How did that impact your family? Yeah, it's quite a story, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Um, so my parents immigrated here from India in the 70s. So it was actually quite a quite an influx of Indians actually coming over to Canada, um, you know, for opportunities and what have you. And they were also the first of their siblings to come over. So the other burden that often happens, um, you know, from Asian families in particular, is that they also have to bring their families over. So if you're the first sibling to come over, then you sort of have, you've paved the path, you've sort of checked the territory and identified opportunities, and then you sort of have the responsibility to bring over your family. So I know in my dad's case, he was the first to come, but he had five brothers, and, you know, he was sort of the one to help them out and to to come on over to Canada as well. And similarly for my mother. So, you know, they they got here and, you know, in Montreal in particular, being a French province, they were English speaking. So they had to also learn a new language, which at their age, midlife, quite difficult um, and can be challenging. And then just sort of having to redefine and rebuild their life here. Of course, the qualifications that they had in their home country was not applicable here. So they basically had to start from the ground up. I saw my mom, you know, having to work day and night. Uh, she was a nursing aide in a hospital. So she would work 12 hour shifts. So really they showed me how difficult it can be when you really want something and you want better for your life. 
and the extent you have to go through for your family to make it happen. You were raised much like me in a non-traditional way. <laughs> in fact, your mom had you after the age of 40, mm-hmm. which on its own was revolutionary mm-hmm. for South Asian women at the time. How did your childhood inform who you are today? Yeah, I think back to that a lot now, just because I am sort of in my mid-life at this point, and just reflecting on the person I am, and I really have to, to give my mother credit. So, you know, I grew up with a mom that was just extremely uh, strong-minded. Uh, she was very unconventional in the sense of a typical Indian mother. We were obviously brought up to be very academic, and that was the one Indian thing that there was non-negotiable, um, that there would never be anything less than 90s and 100s in this house. Um, so that was one thing. But aside from that, I you know, would often see my mom have friends from every walk of life. Like I would come home and see my mom's you know, friends from, I would be in Jamaica, Mauritius, Philippines, um, Quebec. I mean, she just had a really interesting circle of friends and would befriend people that she got along with. So really unconventional. And my mom was, you know, showed me that I could, first of all, have freedom to choose the career of, of my choice. Um, and the freedom to have a voice and to have an opinion. And it really stayed with me over the years. Building confidence is not easy, and especially in settings where there are few people that look like us. Mm -hmm. I did not know you then, but I know you today as a person that's super confident. What helped you build that confidence in becoming the woman that you are today? Struggle. (laughs) Struggle. Struggle is real. Struggle is real. I speak about this with my husband because, you know, him as well, you know, he uh, he's an immigrant himself. Um, and we just didn't have a lot growing up. Like we literally think of our children today. I have three kids and I think of how blessed they are in one generation compared to what I had to go through with my family growing up here. And of course, there's people that are probably worse off than myself, but there was struggle in our life. And I think that builds a certain sense of grit and strength and resilience. Um, You know, there was also a lot of health issues that I saw. My father passed away when I was 15. My mom suffered from, you know, different illnesses, uh, unfortunately, in her life. So I grew up really quick. Um, I was like a grandma at 15, basically. So (laughs) I had just seen, I had seen a lot and I often felt older than people around me. Um, And I just was very tough, thick skinned. I still am. And I think that that's something that's really helped me succeed in my life later on. I wasn't outgoing in the beginning. I mean, and I was so timid or so shy in school. I mean, I think everybody needs their time to really grow up and discover who they are and own it. Um, And I owned it early on. I did. Um, I really discovered who I was and was sure of what I wanted to do pretty much in my early 20s. But and I always had that entrepreneur kind of like sense. Uh, But struggle, struggle. I think it really, you know, when times are tough, you got to get you got to get creative and you got to just keep pushing and thinking positive and being resilient. I really like when you mentioned the struggle, but also that it brought you the strength. And as a result, you were confident enough to become an entrepreneur at a super young age. I remember that you said to me once that while in uni, you had a kiosk at a mall so you could earn extra money. Who does that? And tell me, where did that come from? Did you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to have a kiosk? I'm going to become an entrepreneur? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's kind of funny. It makes me laugh because I remember we would sell these glass bangles. They were like the hottest item in our cart. So we had this little cart and it was like, a, I don't even know, not even a 10 by 10. It was a small little space that we rented in a mall, me and my business, my first business partner, but I was still in university. And then after my classes would finish, I would like skedaddle over a few blocks to this mall where we rented our cart and we would import jewelry from India and be selling it, you know, especially those bangles and people would just love it. I mean, it's just funny now to think about it, but yeah, you know, we just made things happen. And I've always sort of, you know, had that pace and that kind of like urgent need to do things and just, you know, own, own my life basically and, and just make things happen. I love that about you, that sense of urgency that I do not have. But one thing that we do have in common is that we both do not fit in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I know that after your degrees, because you have two degrees, you got a traditional nine to five job. Did you think that you would live that traditional life or in your mind, was it going to be for a short amount of time? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I was lucky enough to have some really great work opportunities right out of the gate. So, you know, I remember I interviewed with L'Oreal right, you know, out of school. And um, I still remember that interview just being grueling for someone my age. But again, I presented myself with the confidence that I think is so crucial for young people to own and to have even when they're first starting out um, their careers. But it landed me a job. And I was happy uh, to be in this amazing environment with these amazing brands and marketing and, and basically living the dream job that I always wanted. Uh, but I was a deviant, like I was just a corporate deviant. I didn't, like you said, I didn't really prescribe to everything that was required to excel, you know, and to climb up the corporate ladder. I, I could never, ever be on time. The notion of the nine to five would drive me bonkers. I just felt it was so robotic that we had to be there at a certain time and, you know, have these sort of these appearances and, you know, kind of roll with the game and, you know, always, you know, some days you just don't feel like it, but you always have to be on point and dress well and all of that. It just was for me, not something I could sustain. Um, I did a few years, you know, working at Campbell's Soup, working at Seagram's Brewery and L'Oreal. And then I actually, I just got a promotion as a manager and I, I quit. <laughs> my mom thought I was crazy. She was not happy, but I followed my instincts. You're the sole proprietor of One Mill to Sugars and your business, Priya, has grown exponentially over the last few years. I've seen it. It's like, poof, like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> what do you attribute this growth to? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's been a long time coming. Um, I'm thankful to be here because I'm one of those stubborn people that doesn't give up. And I had, as you said, the first business for seven long years of it not working. Um, and then, you know, some people would just call in, you know, the towel and be like, okay, that's it. I quit. But I was like, no, I believe in myself. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I just need the opportunity to do it all over again, but this time on my own. Um, and sure enough, I mean, within the first few years, it was just like completely night and day. Um, I mean, I was just running with things that I always wanted to do. Um, and really, I think having children at this time, I also had my kids at the same exact time as growing this company. Um, it all just happened at once. So I had to delegate really quickly. So it was a big thing to let go of. But it ended up being a great, great reward in return because today, truthfully, you are nothing without your team. 
Um, my team has really been able to represent the agency well and, of course, grow, help me grow this company uh, beyond what I could have done on my own. You're constantly thinking and innovating. As an entrepreneur, you learn quickly that you have to pivot, adjust, and innovate, which brings me to your latest project, Double Shot Agency. What was the motivation behind creating DS? Yeah, DS, my new baby. Um, Double Shot is basically a seamless extension of One Mill Two Sugars because through One Mill Two Sugars, we have uh, an amazing portfolio of lifestyle brands and we work on countless influencer campaigns for them. Um, So Double Shot is now basically a a turnkey solution to cast influencers um, for campaigns for brands that come to us either through One Mill Two Sugars or brands that just work with us through Double Shot. So the reason that we started it, though, was not just to have a talent agency or an influencer management uh, company. I really wanted to do something, again, that was true to me and to my beliefs. Um, we had a lot of talent asking us for representation at the time. And for, for me, at the stage where I am at in my life uh, and in my career, I wanted to do something that, frankly, would have uh, more meaning to me um, that really resonated with me, that I felt very strongly about, that came really naturally to me. And I've always been a huge, huge proponent of diversity. And, you know, we spoke about that going back to how I was brought up. I was just, you know, brought up differently from an East Indian, uh, a typical East Indian, what I was open to all cultures. I had always friends from every walk of life. Um, and I wanted that to be a part of what I would create with Double Shot. I wanted it to be uh, purposeful in its sort of uh, mission. So Double Shot was really created with that intention um, and that purpose being super clear from the get-go that certain communities just don't have the same opportunities. And I really believe strongly in that because as I've told you the story of my parents as an example, or just, you know, what I've seen amongst other communities, you know, my husband is Haitian and just learning the stories of other people from underrepresented communities that they don't necessarily have the same opportunities as others. So I wanted to make that a very purposeful and intentional part of what Double Shot is all about, to be a platform to help recognize these communities and get them into the spotlight. Yeah, the talent is there, but it's not being searched for. So Double Shot really will become, to me, a catalyst for change for underrepresented creators. And I'm so proud that I'm able to contribute to this mission. Mm -hmm. Double Shot is so much more than just an influencer management and talent agency. In fact, One of the things I know is super important to you is mentorship. Can you tell us a little bit about that in regards to Double Shot? Yes, definitely. Um, I think at this stage, you know, again, I want to do something that gives back, even if it's small, because I believe every small gesture is important, uh, that we give back for future generations. You know, when I see my children or their age group, I want to make sure that you know, there's so much going on in the world right now that's obviously negative. And I want to make sure that we put forward something um, and we evoke conversation and we normalize certain things. So hopefully by the time that they get older, this will be eliminated. Like that is my dream. My dream would be for everyone to be seen as equal. Um, And I'm giving myself a small agenda to make it happen through Double Shot because I feel like it's just through conversations like what we're having 
um, and talking about certain uncomfortable topics that people previously would not talk about, I just think it will help normalize and make people just question sort of their thinking, their frame of thought, gain more education, all of that. So with Double Shot, we definitely want to partner with um, certain nonprofit groups and really focusing on education and mentorship. So some things that we're doing in particular um, are partnering with people that, for example, have inter an internship program. So the interns that we would hire would come from certain underrepresented groups. So that's one thing that we're working on right now uh, with a partner in Toronto. Another one is to offer uh, grants in marketing and communications for certain emerging businesses that are owned by, in particular, uh, Black women, something that we really want to support and get off the ground. So we're offering three grants um, based on consulting time that we're going to do through Double Shot and just making sure that we're also giving back on an, on an educational aspect. 1% uh, of all of our net proceeds are also going to be to, to charities that uplift. So that's another further thing that we want to do. Um, and just believing that there's so much more to this um, than meets the eye. You're a mom, yeah. a business owner, a wife, a friend, a daughter. <laughs> How do you balance it all? And is that even possible? Yeah, it is. It is. I even, I give myself even time for me in all that, by the way. Love that. Love, love, love that. <laughs> I give me time. My me time, let's not forget. And I know you believe in that too, right? Um, I do. I, I really do. Yeah, yeah. It's part of it. I believe in, I mean, again, the Indian culture is all about balance. I mean, that's the fundamental. Uh, it's, a, it's a really strong piece of our culture. And um, it stays with me because I feel like I need to, first of all, take care of myself to take care of other people around me. I need to be happy and whole with myself to be uh, a great parent, to be a great wife, uh, to be a great support for my mother who's elderly at this point. I, I just, I need to be good with me. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people forget and they put everyone before themselves. And then they come one day and find themselves like burnt. Um, but I constantly, again, because I was brought up and I was a grandma at age 15, as I told you, <laughs> I had seen a lot and I had seen a lot. I, I just had seen a lot. And I was like, wow, I'm conscious of my time every single day. I'm conscious of where I'm putting my energy and my efforts every single day. And I live my life with zero regret because I have acted on everything I ever wanted. Okay, Priya, one question we ask Every single guest during our conversations here is how do you take your coffee? <laughs> I take my coffee short and strong, which is kind of how, how I am. I am short <laughs> and I am strong, I like to say. <laughs> But truthfully, I love, I love strong espressos and cappuccinos. It has to be strong with just a bit of milk. So yeah, that's how I take my coffee. Thank you so much, Bria. Thank you, Winnie. This has been the Agents of Change podcast. I'm your host, Winnie Bernard. Thank you for joining us. If you loved this episode, and I hope you did, subscribe, rate, share, leave us a comment. To find out more about Double Saw Agency and how we can represent you or help you diversify your next campaign, visit us at www doubleshotagency.com or follow us on Instagram at doubleshotagency for news about our upcoming projects and talent. Bye for now!